Life, the universe, and everything in between. Graham Hill's Weekend Variety Wireless on Radio Live. everybody welcome along to the weekend variety wireless the sunday edition as we draw to a close i think it's going to be december 15th uh we'll see what happens after that well it's going to be um summer holes anyway uh might be very long <laughs> um it's seven after eight o'clock welcome along tonight a cracking show for you we are slacking uh, coming up later in the next hour, a cat by the name of Shane Metchen. He's an ex-Jehovah's Witness. Do you want to find out what the Jehovah's Witnesses are like? Don't ask a Jehovah's Witness. Just don't. Ask an ex-Jehovah's Witness. He's more than just an ex-Jehovah's Witness. Try this. Appointed as a ministerial servant, appointed as an elder for over 10 years in uh, pres uh, presiding over and overseeing a congregation, taking a, a lead in the activities. He is no longer a Jehovah's Witness. He will tell us what goes on about this strange eschatological cult, you could say. Uh, maybe a little unfair calling it a cult because I find it very, very difficult to pare away major religions from anything you can call a cult. Has a messianic leader with a death wish? You can try the Catholic Church with that one. Okay, he's going to be on 9.30. That's after Skeptical Thoughts with Susie Wiles. Uh, read me a poem tonight, around about the 10.30 mark. Tim Finn this week. Tim Finn of Split Ends fame and also Tim Finn fame. I just rang him up and said, Tim... If you, you were into poetry, and he says, well, yes, I am, Graham. And so he said, would you like to come in and read us one? And he said, sure thing. So he's found one. He's going to read us a poem that he loves and tell us why. That's the basic thesis. We'll talk a bit about his lyric writing and maybe hear a song too. We shall see. That's around about the 10.30 mark. Tim Finn, read me a poem. While we're on kind of wordy slash lyrics themes... Uh, we're rerunning some stuff that was just so much to f so much fun to make in the first place. Between 11 and 12, lyrics rated by lyrical luminaries. We have Don McGlashan, Chris Matthews of Headless Chickens, Sean Donnelly of Sean Donnelly and Sons and SJD, uh, Jordan Luck, Martin Phillips of Martin Phillips and the Chills Experience, and Tim Finn as well. Their favourite lyrics and why they rock. Okay. Time for a grievance update. We're up to grievance number 171, but if you hark back to grievance number 165, it was my complaint that on so many documentaries about the royals of England, the kings of England and queens... This is some amazing queens. Um, they miss out the Anglo-Saxons for no reason other than can't be bothered, forgot about them, they don't matter. I'm not having it. The story of the kings and queens of England. It's a fine drama, a thousand years of tales of lust and betrayal. 
A thousand years? No. More than a thousand. This episode, the first of six, it tells the story of the English crown from 1066 to 1216. From one French invader, William, to the next. Stop it. William the Conqueror was not the first king of England, not by any stretch of the imagination. There's a whole array of amazing Anglo-Saxon kings of England, not just Wessex and Mercia and things like that before that, and they just completely ignore them. So this week, imagine my outrage and disappointment when none other than Sir Tony Robinson on a documentary about Robin Hood said this. The modern Robin stories set in the reign of Richard the Lionheart. The ballads say that Robin met an entirely different king, Edward the Comely King. Now, there have been eight King Edwards who've ruled Britain through the ages. Wrong. Eight. Eleven. Edward the Elder was Alfred the Great's son. Edward the Martyr was bonked on the head in church by an angry relative. <clears throat> Edward the Confessor was one of the most famous kings of England ever to pull on a holy crown. And then the son of Henry III got all kind of weird about um, Edward the Confessor and named his sons Edward and Edward. But didn't grant Edward the Confessor the... Uh, what he should have done uh, with a number, Edward III, he just went Edward I, his son, Edward I. But we'd had three previous kings of frickin' England. And Tony Robinson, you just watch, wash your mouth out. The modern Robin stories set in the reign of Richard the Lionheart. The ballads say that Robin met an entirely different king, Edward the Comely King. Now, there have been eight King Edwards who've ruled Britain through the ages. No. Eleven. Hi, Tamar. Hi. I just... That um, little fluty, fluty yeah. sound at the start of that clip does make it sound like it's a parody of a historical documentary. Yeah. Yeah, actually. it does. Um, it's Sir Tony Robinson now. Sir Baldrick. Mm. Yeah. Could be Philomena Kunk. Could be. Okay, so just get that. Yeah, Eleven Edwards. Eleven Edwards, thank you. Edward the Eleventh was the one that abdicated. They got their numbers all conk wrong. Wikipedia's got a lot to answer yeah. for these days, doesn't it? <laughs> it has. And Tony Robinson, who should know better. He's done a, th a documentary or two and he's got people writing for him. Anyway, that's an update on a past grievance. My grievance, number 171, mm. is... A temporal one, meaning it's happening kind of at the moment and I hope it doesn't continue on for too long. Why is it that so much New Zealand music has become sort of emoti wine, creaky voice, dero dero emo me? Why has so much? Who do we blame it on? Lord? Um, I don't mind an emoti croaky, but it's just the amount of it. It's a fashion thing happening at the moment, and um, I wanted to stop. Mm. Uh, here's Aldous... Oh. What's her name? Mm. I mean, she's great, mm. but it's...
Right, that's Aldous Harding. She's feeling upset about somebody or something. Oh, advertising is a good um, mm. measure of what's going on. New mm. Zealand advertisement, and they decided to do David Bowie's changes in this croaky, ch breaking chicken bone voice thing. Nope, not having that. Um, Conan Moccasin, one of the most creative, stunning musical minds, released a new album. The whole thing has gone all soft. He used to do these strange things like music made in a goldfish bowl looking out, but no, no, not now. Lawrence Arabia used to do huge, big, landscapey, epic, wonderful things. He's got a new album out. Guess what it sounds like? Here's what it sounds like. Tiny Ruins, another example. In the winter gardens, so young and so warm. Less croak, but yes. Yeah, that'll... Oh. There's far too much of this. I don't know what to blame it on, Lord, or the ukulele. Because there was a ukulele explosion, mania. Uh, it started about 10 years ago. Everyone had to have a ukulele. Uh, you get a $100,000 um, government grant if you knew someone in Wellington and had other people that would play ukuleles. I booed them at WOMAD. I said, what are you doing here? Ching, chicka, ching, chicka, ching, chicka, ching. A ukulele is like a free pass to anywhere. Kiddies, great. Get into your ukulele. Adults, leave well alone. I don't think it's good for anybody. Get a guitar. Um... And then I found Jacinda Redern's uh, ukulele. Congratulations to the ukulele world, basically on World Ukulele Day. And she came out as a ukulelean. <gasps> Ukleel. Here we go. Oh, that's more of that stuff. Here we go. That's, a, that's not Jacinda's one. Sorry, I forgot to put that on. But that's just an, a grown man, um, probably on a unicycle juggling with dreadlocks in Cuba Street, playing a ukulele. Um, I blame the ukulele. Also playing with a hacky sack. <sighs> when was the last time anyone saw anyone playing with a hacky sack? Unsure. Grayland Festival? Possibly, actually, although that would have got a bit damp, the old hacky sack, this weekend, wouldn't it? Yeah, they carried on with the festival, though. It would, they, it would rain on their parade, but they didn't care. It's diversity. It's what it's about, and they carried on with it. Very good. <laughs> All right. That's my grievance. Too much softy stuff with croaky chicken bone voices in New Zealand music. OK, one or two, but why is everybody doing it? Next up, Media Stick with Tamar Mook. You okay? Did you want to add anything to that? No, I think you've said enough. I have, haven't I? <laughs> you have. I have. <laughs> I said too much, I've gone too far. <laughs> I'm actually really quite happy because I quite like being aggrieved. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the Weekend Variety Ones on Radio Live. 
If you see an adult with a ukulele, take it off them and give it to a child. It's the only right and proper thing. Is there any question you'd like me to ask her? Uh, no, I, I, I'll, I'll give you lessons on how to become a reporter. Later. Well, I'll give you some lessons on how to be an editor because I was your boss once. Yeah, you were and are no longer. How did that happen? Tamamuk, Media Stick, hello. Hello. Uh, first up, oh, Kieran Reid singing the national anthem. We don't expect our rugby players to be great singers, but it's always a bit of fun. Shooting fish in a barrel, who cares? He sung it, we may as well play it. It's a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's not a Modi croaky. Yeah. Uh, 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 um, Steve Hansen hasn't been happy with people hassling Kieran Reid, his mighty all-black captain. People have been saying, he's not been playing well. He dropped the ball. He's kicking it at the wrong time. Steve doesn't like it. Doesn't like it at all. And I thought this might have been going a bit too far. Steve? Is it frustrating when you read some of the stuff that are from people that should know better? Yep, it is, but, you know, they've also got a job to do. Usually it's to sell a, a newspaper or to get some somebody to click on their story, so it's a good thing people could do is not click on it. You know, then they wouldn't have a job. It'd be great. Great. Bitter? Yeah, really bitter. Uh, he was just bitterly hoping that somebody was going to be made redundant and thought that would be a marvellous thing that he could point and laugh at. Hmm. A little bit much. But then, a contradictory point of view from Steve Hansen from the statement that you've just heard at the same press conference. And you wouldn't want it any other way because it's what's made us, over the years, the team we are. You've just got to be strong enough to to believe in who you are and, you know, as I said, he's well-supported, so his, his position is not under... Right, so it's the criticism that makes him stronger. Oh. OK, Steve, you can't have it both ways, but anyway, that was him. Well, yeah. the criticism can exist, but you don't click on it, so then the person loses their job. Oh, that's weird, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, lose their job. That'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be great. Oh, mm. for God's sake. Oh, OK. <laughs> The Air New Zealand rap, this has to be the worst thing that's happened this I week. think that this is culturally, I find it culturally offensive. Yeah, so do I. I mean, as a, as a child mm. who was legitimately a Run DMC fan. Walk this way, no It was one of sleep. my very, very, very first albums that no, I bought. Oh, no Sleep Till Hanma. Oh, that's the New Zealand version, sorry. In fact, and you're thinking of Beastie Boys. In oh, fact, sorry, yeah. I owned the cassette tape. Oops. Um, so we're talking many, many years ago. Yeah. Serious fandom. A fandom. Legitimate fandom. And then I was on a plane to Christchurch just this week. And I, I'd sort of seen there was an announcement about this new Air New Zealand ad, but I hadn't really looked at any of it. And then, of course, when you're sitting on the plane, you can't avoid it, right? Mm. Oh, there's a new one. Now, sometimes these, you know... Sometimes these ads are all right. Sometimes they're just like, whatever. This one, I think, is it's official that the Air New Zealand safety ad has jumped the shark. I agree. It's shocking, isn't it? We've got the whole thing. It just, you don't even... We know. can commentate it. Oh. Safety is my recital. 
I think it's very vital to rock you so, so safe. My Kiwi safety is the title. It's Kiwi to rock around the rock around. Uh, it's tricky. Um, it's Kiwi. It's Kiwi. Did they pay for the rights from Run DMC? For... I think they must have paid for the rights for the song because I don't think that you could be in New Zealand and not. Although I don't think that that's necessarily the issue. It's actually that at some point the rap goes so off the rhythm. That's one issue. Yeah. The other is that I mean, even... they shoehorn wor- shoehorn in words. You can see every rivet that's been used to put it together. Yeah. It sounds clumsy and doesn't scan. Yes. And, I mean, here's the other thing, because I like to pay attention to what's going on around me. Uh-huh. In the Cura magazine that was in the seat in front of me that I read, where there was an article about the making of this ad, it talked about Kings, who's a great artist. Uh-huh. He talked about how hard it is to find a word that rhymes with seatbelt. That's right. And that's why that word doesn't exist in rap, generally. Uh, no. Approximately is the least used word in <laughs> rap. It's... But actually, my bigger issue with it is that it started to... Un- uh, what I felt like is that it undermines the actual safety message. I, I retained nothing from what was being conveyed in the ad. Mm. No, it's a shocker, isn't it? I've, I, what I've been trying to do for the last 30 seconds is I've glazed over trying to think of a rhyme for seatbelt. I thought it was great. Unless you put on your seatbelt, the plane will crash and the heat mounts, the aluminium <laughs> from your fuselage because you've gone down large or something like that. There you go. Crashed into a barge. That's better than... And then they throw a little bit of In the Neighbourhood, which is that lyric that yeah. you can hear, which yeah. was the... Um, a New Zealand track from... Back beautiful, beautiful track. Beautiful track. So that's been bastardised as well. Jam Master J, I think, is turning in his grave. Yeah. I'm praying for Reverend Run that he never gets to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, quite distressing. And one of the presenters, if you like, uh, at the camera, rapping away, mm. is, I, I take it a New Zealander... Yes, I think so. ..that puts on... An American accent. An American accent. Yeah. This is this is just childish. I mean, what's the word in rap? Keep it real? This is keep it fake, isn't it? Oh, here in a moment. Significant smoking is prohibited. Yeah, even in the bathroom, our sense is detecting it. No vape clouds in the real clouds. That includes these cigarettes. Emergencies are unlikely. But if one did arise, just be calm, keep it cool, do your thing, and please be kind. If we uh, big thick American accent, mm. Kiwi. Yeah, the but it's Kiwi. The mask comes down. The mask as well. It, it's Kiwi, according to the chorus of yeah. the song. Yeah, it's a, it's Kiwi as if it's Kiwi, not. Mm. Mm. I mean, surely you could have taken a New Zealand track to mm. do that with. If that was your shtick, you could have taken Scribe. 
or... A version of How Bizarre or something, which had a lovely New Zealand there accent. Kept it rather real, as Rather they say. real. Oh. Anyway, so that was distressing. And I had it twice in one day because I did it there and back in the same day to Christchurch. And it's just not something that you want to watch no, more it's than It's embarrassing, one. isn't it? Yeah, no, it makes you cringe. It's full of cultural cringe. And it's the exact opposite of what they're trying to be. Culturally, it's kind of well on, baby. And it's just not. Uh, it's just not. And yeah. it just made me feel a bit uncomfortable. Okay. And I didn't want to watch it. All right. Um, this made me uncomfortable this week. Born to mothers who have elective caesarean section are more likely to be obese at one year of age. Yeah, okay. You think elective caesarean, you picture this woman who just wants to fit it in around the rest of her life, but it, it's not like that. For the most part, uh, the majority are done for a good, a good medical reason. Who cares if it's not for a good medical reason? It's your body. You do what you want and don't be judged by someone who says you're lazy because you're too posh to push. Tell them to get stuffed and do your own thing. Surely... Yeah. It's built into the title. It's elective caesarean. Yeah. Elective. Yeah. Which means you chose to do it. But these people are being judged for not pushing it out the foo-foo. Um, it's not any of your frickin' business. No. I thought that was rather disappointing, that there was barely a counter uh, to this thing. Oh, no, 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 don't worry. These people aren't being lazy. Oh, no, it's, it's all for good, proper medical reasons. Woo, who cares if it's not? Um, okay. Hey, Dan, the weatherman. Oh, yes. Um, did, with weather and news, there is a bit of a an effort to being made to get pronunciations somewhere near the ballpark of the native pronunciation sort of thing. Oh, so yeah. I, I was really interested to hear Dan... I'm the last person who's going to really point and go, oh, you're a terrible person for mispronouncing stuff because people sometimes can't. Mm. But I thought, Dan the weatherman... And where are you from? Wangarei. Yeah. 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 Aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's Dan. And this cluster just north of Rangitoto and north of Waiheke. Water spout there heads up north in Waiheke in the next hour. Waiheke. <laughs> Waiheke. Bless him. Yeah. But... Okay, it's not a huge big point. You're a terrible pronunciation, but I just thought, as it's the weather, and he gets does a lot of other pronunciations. He puts in a hell of a lot of effort. Well, he did um, rangi toto very well. Yeah, but the hiki thing, it's, it's like Tonga. <laughs> <Isn't it? laughs> yeah. Okay. Hiki. I just don't know why that happened. Um, anyway, um, you hey, went. Hey, mate, somebody hasn't told him about the vowels. They must have, because he gets them well, right he does all run, over the place. You know, roughly in the region. I don't really mind that Maybe much. he thinks it's hiki, like H-I-K-I. He can read. It's on his map. <laughs> Waikiki. I thought it was kind of cute, actually. Is it like Waikiki, though? Maybe. That's where he's going with it. I'm just trying to justify He's got all the advice in the world errors. all afternoon yes, it's to true. put this together. All of the last four or five years, to and it, I just thought it was strange. Wonder if he's ever been over on the ferry. Oh, mm. okay. Anyway, uh, you went to the TV awards. I did go to the TV awards. I was working at the TV awards. Uh, they were on. This is the second year. Did Phil Smith bring a truck? 
for all his awards? Were these the head of Great Southern Television? <laughs> oh, they got a few. Didn't they? Yeah, they did. Front-end loader. Yeah, yeah. They need a little bulldozer to take all of these away, but that's because they make a lot of things like documentaries and factuals and dramas, so then they sort of got to win all those awards. Mm. Um, and I do very much like the Casketeers, which won, um, won, a, won an award. Uh, that was one of theirs. No, it was good. Uh, there was a, a sort of definite mic drop moment, I guess you could call it, when uh, My Kitchen Rules won the best reality show over all of the TV3 reality... Well, I should say three, sorry. All of the three reality shows, Dancing with the Stars and mm. Married at First Sight and something else that was nominated. So all of... Those big format shows, you know, they were all up against each other. But it was My Kitchen Rules. No MasterChef, though, Graham, but that's because they don't have a New Zealand one anymore. No, we've given up. It's all yeah. too hard. It's all too hard. New well, the Australian, the Australian well, one just is We've got a so space good. program, but we can't put together a MasterChef. <laughs> it's beyond us. That's it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I've, I've always loved the New Zealand MasterChef better than any of the others. Oh. I have. Really? Better yeah. than Australia? Yeah. Because the Kiwis have got some attitude. They got George Corambalis, whatever, his snarling chihuahua over. Oh, yeah. And almost everyone that was in the cookie off thing, they just looked at him and said, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> they paid no attention to him. They go, no, yeah, he goes on a bit. I just thought, lovely. There was a um, new Kiwi-Chinese couple who got in an argument with the judges. It says, no, that's not exosource. That's not you got wrong. And they were just saying, no. We know our exosource. Wow. And they were in a huff. But bless them, they just, the Kiwis didn't hold back. They weren't taking it from Corumbalis. <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell were we? TV Awards, sorry. TV Awards, yes. no, that's all right. So, uh, yeah, they're on. They don't get televised. Mm. That's that... iron ironic, isn't it? Yeah, is that ironic in an Alanis Morissette kind of a way? Yeah. I think it's quite good, though, because... What was the mic drop moment? Oh, the mic. Well, no, it was just the the reality TV thing that it was sort of oh, okay. the 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 least, I guess, the least reality of all of the reality TVs that yeah. won it. Um, that was uh, to me that was sort of the the one that felt like the biggest surprise to people. I mm -hmm. think uh, Wendy Petrie got the playoff music. Uh huh. You know, because she got to talk after a couple of other people spoke. Right. So she got the you've gone on too long. You know, oh, like they do really? at, the, at the Oscars. Did she get best new word for decriminalisationising? <laughs> she didn't, but that's a good one. They should do best new word. They should, didn't they? Yeah, there mm. should be like some achievement awards actually that sort of get voted in around around other other stuff. With the Vox Pops outside, I was so impressed with the cops because it was like it wasn't. It was such good satire that it passed for reality. Yeah. So the Wellington Paranormal Cops were um, in attendance as their characters and it was spectacular. So they, they walked around the corner. It was, at, it was at the Civic. They walked around the corner to come onto the red carpet and they are there in their cop uniforms, which are not exactly cop uniforms. You know, they're not... They're not New Zealand police uniforms, but they're a pretty close match. Uh -huh. And they did photos and they did interviews and stuff like that on the red carpet and that was all nice. 
And then the top twins group, the top twins and their producers and what have you, had just, just gone past. And the Wellington paranormal cops just sidled up beside them and escorted them into the theatre. Oh. And they, the top twins didn't know that it wasn't real cops. It was genius. It was genius. It actually took a while for the for the for the reality of the situation to set in, that it was just all a all funny people doing funny things. I had a lot of a lot of time for them. They were very good. Oh wow, that's close to one of these situations. If the police are so dedicated to diversity and inclusion and not being racist, then beating up Maori people less shouldn't be a particularly odious demand placed on them. This is for the um, so. When, you, this, we actually got police on a little bit of a pride parade there with the top twins. We did. That was a bonus. Good one. Yeah, yeah. well, that was that might be the only time that we see the police in <laughs> Actually, Matt, I wonder if the Wellington Paranormals would be allowed at the pride parade. I certainly hope so. Here's a little slice of them. These are the Wellington Paranormals being vox poppered, uh, and they're just charming. Beautiful, perfect. No risk yet, so. I can, I, can, I can feel them coming on. When you get a bunch of people that are that are largely unemployed, um, like these people are, they come out, it's free alcohol, yeah. mm. sun's out, uh, they'll get a bit excited, and uh, that's when we yeah, start tasering generally. No, we'll talk about them, and no, you're not just, you can't just start I'm one taser. One no, taser tonight. if it's warranted, though, remember? I mean, look, we're just here to make sure that everyone's feeling safe and um, everyone's respecting each other, and obviously for this kind of an event, when you've got people that, you know, think they're pretty cool and have drunk quite a few... Uh, alcoholic beverages, it can easily spin out of control. Oh. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So good. We're allowed one taser tonight, just one. And they kept that up all night. Oh. Just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, they weren't eligible for any prizes this year because I think their show didn't play at the right time, but I imagine that they'll win everything next year because they're just so good. Lovely. Uh, right, this I'm going to bait... Oh, is it a debate? Controversy, I suppose. It's a disappointing um, situation for the Pride Parade. Mm. Uh, it was the Hero Parade, wasn't it? Back in the day. Back in the day. Um, and cops aren't welcome in uniform, and neither's the Defence Force. Here's, uh, what was well, No, name? the Defence Force, I think, opted not to participate. Oh, OK. They weren't asked not to, but they opted out in support oh, of the cops. Okay. Mm. Uh, so, Guy, Colin Espiner, isn't it? Guyan. Guyan Espiner. In conversation with Emmy Rackety, who's uh -huh. a spokesperson for uh, Papa, which is the group that is. Um, advocating for n not having police in uniform at the parade. Okay. Inclusive enough, do the police have a rainbow police car? The question should be, what did the police do? And we saw last year the police set attack dogs on a 12-year-old girl. The police pepper sprayed a 13-year-old sitting in the backseat of her car dad's car. Mm. Um, the police strangled a mentally ill man to death in his hospital last week. Mm. So these are all materially incidences of violence towards Māori people that should not be happening at the extreme rates that they are. And we have an opportunity to try to make the police change that. And I think it would be a shame not to do that. So, but you're happy for them to go into the Pride Parade, but just not in uniform? Mm, it's a compromise. And I think it's a really generous one, which they should have taken. 
And what about the the other groups like NZDF? Um, I mean, I mean, I presume that some people will have problems with their actions over the years. Are you happy for them to be in the parade? I am not super sad to see the New Zealand Defence Force turning around and walking out of the Pride Parade in the year where we are investigating them for murdering children in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So, who's going to be left in this parade then? Gay people, probably. Right. I'm just unclear about why, you know, murdering children in Afghanistan, if that is the accusation... Well, that's inflammatory language. It's it's clearly, you know, there's an issue there. Mm. But I'm unsure about where the correlation is. It's mission shift, I think. This is um, gay people, basically, isn't it? Uh, And... Anyone else who wants to be part of it? It's the rainbow, rainbow community, right? right? Rainbow community. Off your march, no worries. Excellent. And I always thought it was um, uh, an expression of good faith and goodwill from the police that they would turn up and thought, oh, excellent, we've got a police force that's, you know, on board with this. and mm-hmm. It's not freaked out. Great. Um, but I think this is mission shift. It's not about gay, not so much about gay pride. It's these other issues. They may be important, mm. but, but if you point and look over there, that's bad. And if you point and look over there, that's bad. So you can't be in this mm. march. It's not an Afghan children's march. No. It's not a 13-year-old in the back of the car being tased march. No. It's a gay march. No. And you can protest those other actions around this, but oh. I'm unsure that the ban is, or, or the, the uninvited, um, whatever whatever the phrase is, the don't come in uniformness. Oh. Uh, I, I, yeah. It's gone I, down like a bad note in the cover of I Will Survive. It has. Hasn't it? Everyone's I mean, pulling out. Look, Graham, you and I discussing this oh. is probably completely inappropriate in the scheme of things. All oh, right, because we're cons- not gay. Yeah. Right. I actually hadn't made any assumptions, but anyway. Okay, um, we'll move on. Gareth, actually, we won't move on. No, don't move on, because I think that this struck me as particularly... Um, look, actually, there, there's, there's, there's a, a complete follow-through. He, this is Gareth Thomas, who was the victim of a, a homophobic attack in Wales, Cardiff, I think. Uh, and arguably if one was coming from Pitin, I, I, I can't speak for the people that are wanting the police not to come to the Pride Parade in their right. uniforms, but Gareth Thomas is a white man, so perhaps... Oh, dog. You know, yeah. this my, my argument around this doesn't count. I will say that. I'll preface my, my um, piece with that. But... It's interesting. But he's Welsh. He's Welsh. Yeah, which is a minority. Sort of a handicap. For sure. And, and uh, yeah. Dis- disability. That accent is a disability, isn't it? <laughs> oh, shush. Um, well, look, this couldn't have happened at a better time during the week, could it? Well, no, it couldn't. We're it's not that- saying it's great he got beat up, but, man, the guy's the attitude. Good on him. Yeah, here he is. it's quite delightful. This morning I decided to make what I hope will be a positive video. Last night I was the victim in my home city of a hate crime for my sexuality. Why I want it to be positive, because I want to say thank you to the police who were involved 
and were very helpful and allowed me do, to do restorative justice with the people who did this because I thought they could learn more that way than any other way. And also to the people of Cardiff who supported me and helped me because there's a lot of people out there who want to hurt us, but unfortunately for them, there's a lot more that want to help us heal. So this, I hope, will be a positive message. Wow, brave. Mm. I was interested in the fact that uh, he was, he was, the attack was the previous night and he was all, already going through a restorative justice process. He had done it. Yeah. And wasn't going to press charges. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah, that was quick. Yeah. I was kind of intrigued by that. Anyway. Okay. Interesting. Anyway, so he was giving props to the police who helped him out. And so I thought that was nice. Mm. We'll take a break. More media stick when we return. Uh, we're looking at uh, cheats, spies who lie. The most interesting radio show on planet Earth. The Weekend Variety Wireless. On Radio Live. Interesting story. This is on Stuff, wasn't it? Uh, an interview, at least, with this woman who is... Oh, I think it was the Herald. Herald. Herald on Sunday Pardon this morning. Me. Yes, front page. I think it was. Front mm-hmm. page. All right. Uh, we'll just hear the audio. Yeah, um, go on. Her ordeal. So both men were from MI Company at Trentham Military Camp, which is the intelligence unit. Uh, both men didn't know of each other, they were years apart. Both showed manipulative behaviour, masters of deception. Both entered the relationship having already in a committed relationship with other people, um, but coming across that they were single and wanting to pursue a relationship with me. So I've taken it to defence because in my opinion, they've used their training, they've exploited their training to be able to uh, get away with what they've been doing in their personal lives. Now, one thing I'd like to say just before we go into this is that she could be the accent of the week. But anyway, we've played her early. Okay. So what I'm unclear about is she just, like... Lots of people le- leave double lives. Yeah. Right? You don't you have don't, to study to be a spy to. To be an asshole. L- no. Sorry. To lie about the wedding ring. No. This happens. Now, they may be better at it. Yeah. But I don't know that the spy factor is. It strikes me as a bit bizarre. It's just bizarre. And I didn't really understand why David Fisher, who does really good investigative stuff for the Herald, mm. was. This didn't feel like an investigation to me. It's not investigation worthy. Uh, uh, They're trained to be deceitful as a spy, and that's terrible. And I don't We're know... going to blame the military because these people turn into cads and bounders. The thing is, is that I know some people that have had have had relationships with people who were having affairs or they were in other relationships or they go out and they cheat and they keep it under wraps for a long period of time or they go and do Mm. terrible things. I had a friend who didn't know she had a a half-sister. Yeah. Two families happening. Yeah. Two different cities. There you go. And this stuff happens a lot. He wasn't a spy. I know somebody who got cheated on and he was a civil engineer. (laughs) That's it. We're going to the... Civil Engineering Department, and we'll start at Auckland University. What are they doing? He lived a double life. Like, I don't understand why this is a New Zealand Defence Force issue. Yeah, yeah. She's drawing a long bow or straw. 
and it's all very well that she might draw a long bow, but I'm unclear as to why the Herald needs to consider this investigative it. investigation worthy. Yeah, okay, very good. Oh, something very charming from BBC World Service. Tim Franks is going nuts, by the way. Um, he's the host of News Hour, but have a listen to this. Do you want a charming story for this week? News Hour. Lovely. There's an old cliche for people like me when it comes to broadcasting. NewsHour may be blessed enough to have a worldwide audience of many millions, but we radio presenters often imagine that we're just talking to one person. That way, maybe we sound more conversational, less declamatory. Well, uh, for 44 years, an audience of one is literally all that the DJ... Deke Duncan has had shorn of a license to broadcast his radio station DK Deke rather has for all that time broadcast just to his wife Teresa through a single speaker in his living room from a shed in his garden in southern England here to try and put a grin around your chin a special hello how are you going out right now to Mrs Teresa Duncan 57 Gondal Crescent at Stevenage how in the world are you feeling my darling it's 9:40 on 77 these are the OJs Interviewed in the early days of his one-man, one-woman show, Deke said that it had all started as a protest against the takedown of a pirate radio station. Uh, well, the interest in radio came from the pirates, Radio Caroline, London. And when that was brutally taken from us, I thought I had to do something because the government didn't replace it in the right way for me. So I replaced it for myself with this. My ultimate ambition would be to broadcast this to the rest of Stevenage. I'd like to share it with them. Well, on Sunday, uh, though, uh, Deke did co-present a show with Justin Dealey on BBC Three Counties Radio, and then, OMG, this happened. <laughs> hey, Deke, it's Laura Moss, the station editor at Three Counties Radio. Um, we've been following your story with great interest here, and I noticed that you said in the original film that went out on Nationwide that your dream was to have your very own show and broadcast to the whole of Stevenage. We think we can go one better than that, and not only would we like you to broadcast to Stevenage, how does the whole of Beds, Hearts and Bucks sound? I want to offer you a one-hour special over Christmas on Three Counties Radio. Happy Christmas, Deke. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Deke, after 44 years, your dream is going to be a reality. Well, you better pass the tissues. <laughs> How does it feel? Wow. Well, that's cool. Deke Duncan, at the age of 73, please be on words, uh, the master still of uh, English understatement. Uh, for those of our global audience who don't necessarily know, beds, hearts and bucks are Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire, the three counties of Three Counties Radio. This is News Hour of Global Radio. Tim Franks from News Hour. Lovely story. And that was delightful. Tim Franks is becoming surreal, though. Um, keep it up, Tim. I hope you get away with it. He's doing strange things on the most serious news programme on radio on the planet. <laughs> Little things like this are coming through. I don't know why. If you head to the BBC News website, bbc.com forward slash news, you can find a profile of Carlos Ghosn. You can reach, uh, uh, read about how he reached the top... His journey began at a very young age, apparently. He was a car lover right from the earliest and uh, reportedly 
could distinguish vehicles based on the sound of their horn. Imagine a car horn with a sound like that. Going strange. Oh. Bless them. Check them out. News Hour, BBC World Service, uh, on the radio, or I wonder if it's still on shortwave. It's a marvellous thing. They had huge cuts um, a couple of years ago. It's absolutely true. Mm. This is the result of the huge cuts at BBC World Service. They've gone down from broadcasting 24-7 around the globe in 47 languages mm. down to 33. Mm-hmm. Thank you, British taxpayer. Uh, OK. Um, about time, I think, for our New Zealand accent. Oh, no, one other thing, really sad thing, uh, awful to read. Uh, you might have heard about this poor Pakistani kid, uh, Asiya Bibi, mm. who's been um, released... But she was going to be killed, executed, because she drank from the wrong water cup Mm. and has been accused of blasphemy. Um, There have been marches saying she needs to be killed, she needs to be killed, we will do it. Uh, This is so sad. Uh, From Spectator, this is Douglas Murray. In the last week, there's been some attention on the fact that various countries are looking to give asylum to Bibi and her family, Britain among them. It appeared earlier this week that the UK would not be offering this genuine asylum seeker any asylum because there were concerns about community relations within the United Kingdom should she be allowed to move here. You gutless politicians. Wow. Theresa May, bugger. Off. That's awful. Okay, New Zealand accent of the week. Uh, is from Dargaville by the Upside Down River, the Northern Wairoa. Marvellous uh, accent from Rodney Wilson. Tamar, thank you. Thank you. Take it away, Rodney. They can't really see what you're doing. They stand outside the door and they say, oh, you didn't do this and you didn't do that, and a lot of times you have done it.